Hi, and welcome to More Human, More Resources, the HR podcast for entrepreneurs. I'm Vicki Brown, your host and CEO of Vidominale Enterprises. As a serial entrepreneur, I understand that having the right expert help has been critical to my success. That's why I'm dedicated to telling you, in plain language, what's going on in the world of HR that might impact your business and what you need to do about it with real actionable tips to help you master that list of must-dos and grow your leadership muscle. First things first, the information contained in this podcast is provided for general purposes only and is not to be considered legal advice. Your decision to adopt or not adopt any practice or procedure mentioned in this podcast is solely yours and we bear no responsibility for the outcome. We urge you to always consult legal counsel and other appropriate licensed professionals. And with that, let's get into the show. You're listening to Season 2, Episode 39. So, let's talk about workers' compensation. First, I would love it if we could get out of the habit of calling this workman's compensation. It's actually been workers' compensation for years and years, but I still sometimes hear that old phrase, hanging on for dear life. Okay, enough of that particular rant. Back to workers' compensation. What is it? Do you have to have it? And if so, why? Well, workers' compensation is a type of insurance coverage that takes care of costs associated with work-related injury or illness. For example, Sandy is sitting there at her desk working away. Then all of a sudden, one of the wheels on her chair falls off and Sandy finds herself smack on the floor. By the way, if you're wondering, yes, I've been Sandy before. It was not fun. So there's Sandy hitting the floor with a thud and probably landing on her coccyx. And yes, I just went all medical term on you there. She probably jarred her spine and her neck might even be out of whack. In a phrase, Sandy hurt herself. So you're thinking, wouldn't my business liability insurance take care of this? Well, no because Sandy is an employee and she hurt herself in the course of doing her work. And in addition to possible medical bills, Sandy's going to probably have to spend some time off work trying to mend, so she'll have lost wages too. And that's where workers' compensation comes in. It covers both medical expenses and lost wages due to a work-related injury or illness. All California employers are required to carry workers' compensation insurance. Now, I'll say that again. All California employers are required to carry workers' compensation insurance. If you have an employee, even one employee, you have to have workers' comp. There isn't a workaround. There aren't any exceptions. If the worker is a worker and not an owner, then you have to carry workers' comp insurance on them. If they're a family member, you need workers' comp. If you hire them to do work for you temporarily, you need workers' comp. If they work off-site, you need workers' comp. In fact, if there isn't a site at all, you still need workers' comp. I'm serious. The authorities will not be accommodating on this. Carry workers' comp or get fined or maybe sued. Those are the choices. What can I say? I don't like the odds. In fact, in California, if you don't carry workers' compensation insurance, it's considered a criminal offense. That's right, criminal. That means you could be fined and even go to jail. Nope, I don't like those odds at all. 
Now, for those of you outside of California, your requirements may be different. For instance, in Alabama, you don't need to carry workers' comp insurance if you have less than five employees. So definitely check with your state's labor department. So how do you get it? How much will it cost? And what do you need to do once you have it? Well, you get it by talking to your business insurance broker. Now, if you're with a big national payroll provider, they may bundle it into your services, but it's far better to talk to your broker. They won't charge you anything and they'll search for the best rates available for your particular situation instead of throwing you into a box and simply charging you the standard rate. Which brings me to cost. Workers' compensation insurance is priced based on a number of things. First off, what are the job responsibilities in your company? And that makes sense. The rate for someone who's a salesperson, always on the go, out in the world, taking planes, trains, and automobiles, well, that rate will be a lot higher than the rate for the receptionist who comes in, sits at the same desk every day, and doesn't have to drive down the freeway to a different county to do his job. So, job responsibilities and title are one factor. Another is the person's wage rate. Again, this makes sense. If workers' comp insurance covers not only medical bills but lost wages, the higher the wages, the more the insurance company may have to pay out. And since in California, you're entitled to two-thirds of your pre-tax gross wages, it can add up quickly. The location of your business can also play a role in setting your workers' comp rate. It has to do with lawsuits and the likelihood you will be involved in one. An employer in Los Angeles, California, is more likely to get sued than an employer in Lodak, California. And the final factor is your company's experience. It's called an XMOD or experience modification rate. This speaks to how many accidents or workers' comp cases you've had in the past. Basically, the insurance company is trying to figure out if you're a good risk. The more cases, the worse the risk. There are a few other items insurance companies consider, but these are by far the biggest factors influencing your premium rates. So, You've signed on the dotted line, and you are now the proud owner of a brand new workers' comp insurance policy. Now what do you do? Just wait for someone to get hurt, and then everything starts? Well, not quite. First, there are a number of notices you have to give to your employees to let them know you're covered. Generally, you'll get what's called an administrative guidebook with your policy. It'll give you lots of great information like how to file a claim, the forms you'll need, information on clinics in your area that are part of the insurance, etc. You'll also need to fill out the workers' comp section of your workplace posters and the wage theft notice that's part of the new hire package. Now, if you don't know what I'm talking about, check out the episode on what goes into a new hire package. Now, if you find yourself in the unfortunate situation where an employee has hurt themselves, task number one is to get the medical help if they need it right away. Of course, if it's an urgent or emerging situation, call 911 immediately. But if they're well enough to get around and need or want to be seen by a doctor, well, that's where the MPN or Medical Provider Network comes in. An MPN is a list of doctors and clinics that are part of the workers' comp network. So you can send your employee to the closest one and they can get the help that they need. Now, depending on the state, your employee may be required to see a workers' comp doctor versus their own physician. In some states, the employee has the option of designating their personal doctor for workers' comp situations in advance. 
It's called a pre-designation, and we have it in California. In fact, the pre-designation form is part of the new hire package documents, so be sure to check the guidelines in your state. Then, immediately begin the workers' comp filing process. Again, in California, that involves giving the employee information on the insurance company and policy, gathering information on what happened, and filing a claim with the insurance company. Some of these pieces have time deadlines attached to them, so be sure you know what you need to do and how much time you have to do it. And don't forget, the administrative guide can really help you out with this. It usually includes a step-by-step -step overview of your responsibilities. Once you've filed, let the insurance company take it from there. They'll deal directly with the employee on upcoming doctor's visits and next steps, etc. Your HR rep should also stay in touch with the insurance representatives so that they're aware of where the case is in the process and any work restrictions that may be put in place. Another thing to keep in mind, when a case is opened with the insurance company, they usually put a specific amount of money aside for paying that claim. Now, how much goes into reserves is determined by the claims adjuster. The reason you need to stay on top of the reserves is because it can impact your experience modification, and that will impact your premium rate. So it's a good idea to check in on a regular basis to be sure there aren't excess funds in the reserves for closed cases. So the takeaway, well, make sure you have workers' compensation insurance and send Sandy a get well soon card. If you found this information helpful, please leave a review and tell a friend. Thanks for spending the time. Until next week, same time, same place.